You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey guys, so glad you could join us for a conversation about all nine types when it comes to communication and especially financial communication. I am so glad we're once again joined by influencer Steph Baron Hall of the Nine Types Co. She has so many great resources for us on her Instagram, with her book, with her podcast. She is a wealth of info and knowledge and we get to go through your type, your partner's type, your family member's type. If you're listening live with us November of 2000, 2022. We are hitting it all so that your holiday can be even healthier. That is our major hope here is that you have that biopsychosocial spiritual health going on. And we know that as we're all starting to feel the crunch of it, that we don't want to be outpacing ourselves. We want to be running at a healthy speed or perhaps even walking as we're learning from other episodes with Steph, Dr. Jerome, and just doing this work together to pace. So I hope you're doing well with that. We're going to talk to her in just a couple of minutes. Speaking of just our monthly focus, if you're doing the Enneagram and Marriage Glow Relationship Planner, you know we're talking all about finances this month. And Wes and I just had our big quarterly financial meeting. If you don't do that with your spouse or partner, I just want to welcome you to that, to just say, let's plunk down a couple of hours. You can bring tea, cookies, whatever. You can make it a fun time where you're on your date night. You can totally make it a time like we did where you're just having fun on Sunday afternoon, chillaxing and going on a date afterwards. So that is a way to frame it in a healthy way. And just to make sure you're on the same page for your finances, even if you do your finances separately, because I know in our collective recently, our membership group, we had a really nice chat about that. And everybody's different when it comes to that. And especially around the holidays, we have different budgets every year. As I was sharing, I have definitely many years where we are, you know, dealing with, you know, this, this year, Wes said, you know, Krista, we're going to have so many more hidden expenses. We need to plan for an extra X amount of dollars. And I'm the one who's like, wait, what? That's crazy. We can like do really low cost presents. And he's like, no, like let's be extra generous. So you need the conversation so you can figure out where and how to be generous with wisdom, as well as to plan ahead so that you don't get stars in your eyes like I could do in the positivity types and just think, oh, well, then we'll go lower cost and then actually spend more. So these conversations are imperative so you can have not one mind, but two working together. That said, and Steph's going to give you lots more tips, I just want to help you to understand, take the deep breaths if needed or the breaks. And we've been doing this for so long that we're in our rhythm, but you might have to really just give yourself a lot of grace and say, hey, so-and-so, like I was having a bad day. They were having a bad day. Let's come back together when we can truly see one another's hearts and truly come with the absolute open-mindedness of this is going to be 
both of us having to lean in and both of us learning from one another's styles. So lots to learn about each other, even after all these years. Like I said, I'm sitting here with 20-something Christmases behind me, and my husband was still shocking me to say, hey, this is going to need to be factored in. So lean in together. Uh, He also was, though, able to say, I'm going to need a break. I'm going nonstop at my office, and I'm going to need some days off for fun for the holidays. So he's looking at an early January trip. And I just really prayed about it and left it with God because I knew that that was an open week for the kids and I. And I knew that if he was feeling stressed and burnout, the last thing I want is for his beginning of the year to start that way. So pay attention to where your partner is. You want them going for the long haul. So aside from that, we're grabbing our tips from Steph now. But if you're thinking about a fun early holiday treat that you just want to surprise somebody with for the coming year, no, I'm not talking about Taylor. Swift tickets, although I'm aware tomorrow they go on sale. But I also want to say that with regards to if you did not get to come to our Glow Gala, of course, because of the hurricane that took our plans literally with it, I want to make sure you know we're doing a Valentine's Glow Gala on Friday, February the 3rd. So it's already on our website and that is such a fun early holiday gift. We also have an early pre-Black Friday sale. So check out enneagramandmarriage.com for all we have going on there. And if you want to come travel with us, I've already had somebody say, hey, we rebooked after the hurricane. And I am so excited that we get to do this back when we used to always do it at Valentine's Day, same venue, Pier 22, beautiful oceanfront venue. And guess what? Not in hurricane season or even as we had this time, late hurricane season. So we're covered. It's February. It's when people are cold and really actually want to come to Florida. So that said, let's make sure we can afford the things in our marriages that we want and need to do to keep ourselves fit, healthy, strong together with money fitness. And I'm so grateful we're going through all nine types of stuff right here. Let's go ahead and get to that. Steph, thank you so much for joining us again for the ENM podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm glad to be back. Oh my gosh. Well, we are too. And last time we got to hear from you about couples and finances and even some of your one, three glow story. So today we are here for it all with you again. And this time we're focusing a little bit more on another of your sweet spots, which is personal development, um, being able to grow even as a person who obviously financially wants to make money and have a business. So I'm just thankful for your expertise today. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited about this topic. Awesome. And before we get started on that, you were telling me about a great resources that couples might want to pick up about just managing money. And what is that? Yeah. So I have been reading this book lately, which I love this topic too, because I've been reading a lot of money and finance and money mindset books as of late. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of them is called Mind Over Money, and it's by Dr. Brad Klontz. Um, And actually, it's not a new book. I thought it was for some reason, but I, I just heard about it on the Life Kit podcast recently. Mm-hmm. So I grabbed it up at uh, the library. Oh, <laughs> and um, yeah, and so it, it's just a really helpful and useful look at the way that we think about money and how our stories and our, you know, reactions and and sometimes like even the way that 
money conversations can get us really dysregulated, how all of that is connected to how we grew up thinking about money and how unlearning some of those stories is really a useful tool um, Mm. in actually having good conversations about it and good money management as adults. Mm, Wow. I love how you're reminding us that we can get really dysregulated, not just around regular emotions, but around money. So to have Mm -hmm. this book and love that you use your library for it. What a great reminder for us. There's so much at the library that we can get for free. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) I mean, I have clearly forgotten about that. If you could see the hundreds of books behind me, but (laughs) yes, yes, she has a lot of books, but this is okay too. We love personal libraries as well, but, but thank you for just keeping us on our toes for like, yes, you can be very successful as you are, but yet still obviously using your library is amazing. And thank you for the book because people are just looking for what can I take from this podcast? How can I keep growing in this area. And today, as you know, we're, we're really wanting to delve in with you about being our best self with our Enneagram at life and work. And we're going to go through the nine types. But first of all, in general, how do you feel like people can show up with their best Enneagram self in life? And I know that's a huge question. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, the best thing about the Enneagram is that it really invites self-awareness and understanding what you're doing and why you're doing it. Like what strategies are you using to get your needs met? I think that's a really useful perspective to take because a lot of the time when we're not aware of ourselves, we don't realize what strategies we're using. And we also typically don't realize that those strategies aren't working for us. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about using the Enneagram at life and work, one of the reasons I love it is because um, it's so, it's a really holistic, like a whole person approach. So it's not just about, this is how you can be more successful at work or more strategic or, or whatever. It's really about how can you use this tool to help yourself, um, be more integrated in, you know, your entire life and what is going to help you in your personal life will also be helpful for you at work as well. Hmm. That's just a great reminder to hear that it can be very limiting to be stuck in just this one behavior or one response to stress and just expanding that has helped you. And have you noticed that as a big difference from the people you've influenced when they start to integrate their Enneagram in healthier ways? Definitely. I mean, I find that there can be this uh, perspective on being able to like slow things down a little bit to slow down that you know, reaction time. Um, and even people who are not necessarily the the assertive or aggressive type, there is like an immediate reaction when, when something that is so dear to us is threatened. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a lot of the reason why the strategies that we use are so sticky Mm -hmm. because they do kind of meet that, that need to, to defend ourselves or, Mm -hmm. or to react in a way that's keeping us safe or, or whatever we're trying to achieve. And so as I've seen, you know, my clients, whether it's, um, personal clients or even team clients learn those things. I see them, you know, maybe if they're a type that is really prone to merging with other people, like a nine, um, I can see them being like, oh, actually I'm going to work in my own best interest. Mm -hmm. And this is how I'm going to do that. Um, or I'm going to be more assertive or I'm going to risk, 
disappointing people and I'm going to step out of this relationship that was not my best self um, for so many years and like risking those things. I think that obviously there's so much pain there, but it can be a really beautiful way of moving forward. And I, you know, see that at, at work as well. Like even hearing from people who are on certain teams, like I don't always get, you know, the, the postmortem necessarily, but, um, when I work with people that I know in regular life too, um, sometimes I'll get to hear like, Oh, our boss is this type. And they took those suggestions to heart. And now it's so much better because they are doing things differently. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. and I think that can be so, so useful too. Yeah, that is, it's a true life change when people actually do this work versus just, which I think Enneagram can be just very theoretical. Like it's interesting. It pulls you in and you're just reminding us it's very real and it can change people's lives if they really allow themselves to not just keep doing that same thing that we tend to do this is slow work, but it's worthy work. So thank you for doing that with not only regular individuals, but also groups. That's so cool. Yeah. It's really fun and exciting. I think to, to work with groups because, you know, I I think that there can be this dichotomy between this is how teams are and this is how work is versus this is how we are at home, Mm -hmm. but we're still people at work. Right. And we still have relationships with people. We still have interpersonal relationships. And so something I've seen a lot is that teams will have like collective, like, Oh, that's why you're doing that. Like that collective aha moment Mm. of um, recognizing each other. And, and recently I worked with a team that the entire team was sixes, sevens, and eights. And normally if I looked at that, I would go into that thinking this team has so much conflict, right? Because those three types together, it can like, if those are the only types in the room that can create a lot of conflict, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was just interesting to be able to talk with them and to see one, how good their communication already was, but to, for them to see how, um, they could really improve and do things a little differently to make it even better. Um, and it's just so cool to be able to work with people in that way. Hmm. That's neat. And yeah, you didn't have to do it all. Like that's the cool thing you got to step in with work that was already being done. And that's the encouraging part about people on the journey is it's not all going to be about Enneagram. Sometimes they're just growing. And so keep up your growing wherever you're at. And then adding this in, these tips that Steph's going to give us today is just going to brighten you so much um, more at your workplace and hopefully at your home too, because I'm so excited we get to go through tips with all nine types today. Thank you so much on that. Yeah, of course. So it's really interesting to work with these different teams and and think about relational awareness as well. And, and really to think about the ways that we're, you know, having interpersonal communication and intrapersonal, so internal um, communication are co-occurring. Um, so I find that overall, one of the biggest, you know, helps for this is actually just being able to recognize like, oh, I am, something's happening inside me. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking that you know, we're just having this conversation externally, but actually there is internal communication too. So I think that's really useful. Hmm. I love hearing that. And I know in our last conversation, we were talking a bit about internal family systems and 
how I've looked at that is what is your internal Enneagram palette doing? And it it might be instead that we look at just a few pieces. But either way, I think that what you're telling us is before you start looking at your type by type relationships with each other, don't forget you have a whole world inside of your own little head too, right? Exactly. Let's go through the types and talk a little bit about, um, I'll talk a little bit about uh, communication, you know, strength or stressor for each type, you know, kind of how that plays out. Okay. Um, so for type eight, I think one of their strengths in communication is that they're just willing to say the thing that needs to be said. And I love eights, especially a lot of my friends who are eights are like therapists or coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're really good at that role because they can say the uncomfortable thing and they can sit with the discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's really powerful. And then one of the stressors I'd say is that there can be a lot of misunderstanding around what is conflict and what is an argument. Cause for an eight, I've talked about this concept before on Instagram, but, um, eights have a higher threshold for what feels like conflict. So mm-hmm. they might think this is not a conflict. This is fine. <laughs> like, everything's fine. Right. Which um, is nice and, to know. Right. But then yeah, another type might have that same conversation and think, oh, we're in a fight, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's where a lot of miscommunication happens. Wow. Okay. So other types need to remember this when they're communicating with an eight that they may not be even that much exacerbated. In fact, they often get more just they're in it once you're dialoguing. And so you don't have to turn back the dial necessarily, but I'm also hearing you say to the eight themselves, be aware that other people might be a bit intimidated. Yeah. Yeah. And I also want to, want to say too, I've thought about this a lot lately, especially when talking about conflict, I've had people say things like, um, oh, well, like, what if I do need to talk about this with Mm -hmm. this type? So I'm just supposed to tiptoe around them, or I'm just supposed to like, never bring this up, Mm -hmm. or I'm never supposed Mm -hmm. to like, tell them that they hurt my feelings. I'm like, no, no, that's not it at all. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. You already said it to be aware. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, you know, we have to be able to have these conversations. And sometimes when I think about communication, What I really want people to be able to do through the Enneagram is to be able to talk about their communication style in a more descriptive way so that they can articulate to somebody else. This is what I'm thinking about. This is what I'm talking about. This is how I'm communicating um, and have that conversation Mm -hmm. and just being able to talk in almost like a meta way about communication is really useful. Mm, That's neat that you're really reminding us that just talking about what we're talking about itself is worthy. And I think a lot of people that are maybe aggressive or even like passive, I I could see actually every single one of the Enneagram types finding a reason why the meta communication narrative is irrelevant to talk about. And you're saying it isn't make sure you do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because we can have those conversations when we're not in the moment Hmm. so that when we are in the moment, it's like, oh yeah. I'm remembering this now, um, mm-hmm. have that deeper understanding. And I think this goes with your last interview with us too, where you might stop and ask that Brene Brown question as well. What is the story I'm telling myself? Because you might be right there in the thick of it with an eight. And I'm telling myself that they're mad at me. And then you just say, you know, right now I'm telling that story that you're mad at me. And then they're like, mm-hmm. no. And there's the meta communication. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, even at work, we don't typically bring up those types of conversations, I'd say, but definitely in in personal relationships, that can be really helpful. Mm, Okay. Yeah. That's helpful to know work and personal and whether we're talking finances or not, like don't ignore the communication and, and that might lead us right into nine because that's probably a thing they struggle with. Yeah. I think nines, you know, there's their big strength is their ability to really consider like all the different perspectives and opinions. Mm -hmm. Um, and especially when we're thinking about finances, I would say nines could probably figure out like, okay, all these different people are saying these different things. And some people say Bitcoin and some people say investing and some people say buy a house and some people say, you know, like, and so they're, they hear all these different things and then they feel caught in that indecision. And I think in general for nines, um, it can be really helpful to be a little bit more definitive about what you actually think. And it can be stressful, but it can be really helpful to, to think, okay, actually, this is how I actually think about this. This is what I, I truly believe about this and kind of come to that on your own and then to be able to, to share it. Hmm, that's yeah. Very good reminders for nines. Do you think that they generally do best when they pull away from the group and take some time to think about it and then come back? Or do you think once yeah. they're more present, they can do it all at once? Yeah, I think that they're just like slower processors. And I think that that's valuable because they have a lot of information. I think where that gets, you know, unfortunate, like where it's unfortunate is, especially in the workplace, we work in a very fast paced environment, most of us. So um, people aren't really willing to wait for nines. Um, But I think that we would be better off if we could, because, because they, get all the different sides, they have a really valuable contribution. Um, and so for nines to be able to kind of like zoom out and think about it and then come back to it can be useful. Mm, that's a good reminder because I can imagine with nine struggling with the boundaries, it's so important for them to be able to have a, a minute to think about it. And even just you saying that may give a nine permission to say that when somebody says, hurry it up. Like, I need to know mm-hmm. the answer now. And they're like, hang on, you're not, you know, you really don't most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So then type ones, I think their strengths are really that they do focus a lot on improvement and quality. And they think a lot about, you know, their personal ethics and accuracy, all these sorts of things. I think a big stressor for ones is typically when people aren't saying exactly what they mean. Mm-hmm. Um, because ones, I think a lot of the time are more thoughtful about their perspective or the words that they use. Mm-hmm. So they can't understand like, why would you not say what you mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. why would you say this inaccurate thing when you actually had this other thing, <laughs> a, a conversation my husband and I have all the time. And this is normally in jest, but he's like, why would you do it the wrong way when you know the right way? (laughs) That is so comforting to hear that I'm not alone there. And like everyone with a one can just be validated. Like almost always what you say, what, what they mean is what they say is what they mean. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes ones can, can be more indirect, but, um, yeah, they, they, they like to have that sense of accuracy. Yes. And yeah, thank you because it's like there's nuance and it doesn't mean they don't use that reaction formation or something to kind of like, oh yeah, I'm really happy when I'm not, but 
when you're safe together, when they're not dysregulated, they're direct. And so you're reminding even me listening here, just be direct and allow them to inform how the communication doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be that low context communication that we talked about before. It can be more just plain and, and yeah, you have to learn from each other, but it sounds like it's, I would imagine with your marriage, it's gotten clearer over time because you've probably picked up on some of that. Definitely. And I think too, for my husband, knowing that I'm not picking up all the context clues all the time yeah, is helpful. And also for him just to remember that, like, if I, like, I actually think as a one, he does read between the lines a lot. So it's helpful. And I think sometimes this is, is uh, characterized as a gender thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like men are more direct than women, but in our relationship, I don't find that to be the case. And I, in fact, um, like there are times when he interprets an entirely different meaning from what I said. And I'm like, Whoa, I didn't mean any of that, (laughs) but you know, yeah. But for ones, it can be really helpful to actually ask more questions. Mm -hmm. So to ask, like, instead of saying, no, that's not accurate. It can be helpful to say, um, to ask like, what do you mean by that? Or what is, you know, the context that you're trying to communicate or, or these different things, asking more questions rather than just saying, yes, this is accurate. No, that's not accurate. Mm, That's helpful for ones to hear that they being so direct might, you know, your husband, I think doesn't miss this as much, maybe, especially now that you've been working together so hard, which I want listeners to hear they're working hard here, but it sounds like they can really benefit from just asking a lot of questions versus assuming everything is black and white. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, like we talked about last time, the, the meta Mm -hmm. communicating about communicating concept of, Mm -hmm. um, recognizing our patterns, um, Mm -hmm. not only within our types, but also within our family context and all those sorts of things. Mm. Oh my gosh. That's huge. And the whole, like, I'm not right. Um, all the time. And these are just different perspectives. That's huge for ones and any one of us to appreciate. So thank you. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about twos. Um, So I think twos, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, finances or business, they, they understand that everything is relational. So I, I think that's a really helpful and valuable aspect of the type two in general, because, um, the people who go far in business are the people who know how to have good relationships and build rapport. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think in terms of strengths and communication, I think their level of attunement with others is really valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, it also can be exhausting for them. So that's also kind of one of the stressors. Um, of, of like experiencing that sense of relational stress, um, especially when you have a disagreement about how to move forward with something. Um, Mm -hmm. so that can be a real challenge, I think for twos. And, um, I think especially when twos don't feel like the other person is hearing them or valuing them the way that they are hearing and valuing the partner or the coworker, that is generally a very difficult thing for them. Mm -hmm. So, 
just making sure if you're relating to a two around any of these topics, whether finances or communication in general, that they feel cared about as a person is huge. It sounds like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and and seen as like, not just a pawn in this big scheme, but actually like as a human being. Mm. I mean, that's just humanizing for all of us to hear and to remember that because we can all be uh, insensitive at times. And I think twos make us more sensitive and um, create an environment of care versus like, you know, just work. And you just said like people who are successful in business know that, and they're, Mm -hmm. they're not just following the seven strategies, which if you do read the books on that, you're going to find humanity in there anyway, but like their heart is there. And so twos remind us to be open. And what do you feel like twos need to work on? So I think for twos, what can be helpful is being a little bit better about boundaries. And I know you're so sick of hearing about that, but, um, the emotional boundaries thing I think is really, really important. Um, and recognizing even like, sometimes I see this, this thing where twos want everyone else to be happy. And so they try to fix it and give advice or, or, or manage things behind the scenes before that person actually experiences the failure or the, frustration or whatever. Mm. And sometimes I don't know if twos really recognize that that's not helping that person in the long run. That's very helpful for twos to be listening to. And I'm intrigued by it also. I haven't thought of it from that angle, but it's very helpful for us to be reminded that um, sometimes when somebody needs to walk through something, they actually need to walk through it versus being rescued. And I see that a lot with two parents with children. Mm-hmm. So that's helpful to hear yeah. there. I can see it there, but I, I haven't thought about that in the workplace. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, like one of the ways it can play out in the workplace too, is, um, like not letting people have an experience of failure. Um, like, so there's this book that I, I recently read and I feel like your listeners are going to walk away being like, Oh, I have to read all these new books, (laughs) but this book it's, it's out in November of 2022. And I just got to read an early copy. So I'm going to tell you a little, little thing about it, but, um, it's called closing the confidence gap. It's by Kelly Ray Thompson. And it is about her experience and, and, you know, of, going through the workforce, the corporate America as a woman. And especially she talks about her experience as a five, um, Enneagram five Mm -hmm. um, in this, this process. And she talks about this example where she wanted to give a presentation. She Mm -hmm. wanted to give like a, um, like an analysis report basically to the executives. Mm -hmm. So her boss said, okay, she went in, the CEO asked all of these really intense and hard questions. And like, basically she kind of felt like she bombed. Right. Mm-hmm. And the CEO did not come and rescue her. Or I mean that her boss did not come and rescue her. She just had to like bomb right in this meeting. Wow. And like the C like the, I think there's that inclination as a boss. And I noticed this in myself too, um, of being like, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Like what I think what they're trying to say is this. I think what they're trying to do is that. And I think twos can really do that a lot, but in that example, she talked about how much she learned from that and how well her manager handled that in not coming in and rescuing and like how much of a growth opportunity that was. Now, she also shared that the manager did actually prep 
this the uh, executives in that meeting saying, hey, this is one of this person's like stretch goals. They're oh. presenting. It's their first time. So oh. just know that before we're going. And so she yeah. prefaced it with that, but to, but to really set her up for success, but like she didn't rescue her. And I think a lot of the time, well, especially ones, twos and threes, I'll be honest, but like twos in particular want to rescue They're They want to be like, Oh no, it's, it's going to be okay. Like I want to help you and um, pull them out of that situation when sometimes actually going through the situation, figuring it out is more, more valuable. Mm-hmm. So Wow. That was just like my butchering of that story. Go no. read that book, Closing the Confidence Gap. It's such a great one. I love that. And I love how you brought some five in there too. That's fun to learn. And I love how you're giving us these tastes of some books ahead. Most of the people listening are like us. They love to read. So this is awesome. And even just learning about it from you is great. So this is this is great. And we're here for it all as to this kind of deeper learning on type two, which I don't think a lot of the time we get to do that because we talk a lot about how twos are nurturing. And this is fun to be able to say like, this is a way they can improve in the workplace. This is huge mm-hmm. and vice versa, the ways we can learn from them. What about threes? So threes, I think some of their strengths in communication are like the energy that they bring to it um, of, of being like, all right, we got this. We, we can do this. We have this, you know, happening like, and, and believing in their team, believing in themselves, sometimes maybe a little too much. Like I know this for myself, like being like, oh, we could get this done by yesterday. Of course, you know, that's not how things work. um, Unfortunately, um, (laughs) But I think one of the stressors for a lot of threes is when people um, move at a a slower pace, even when that pace is probably actually better, it can make threes feel really stressed. And I think for me, one of the things that I've seen show up in myself and in my work with, um, you know, those on my team is that I will be like, Hey, can you do this? Hmm. And I don't give enough context for Mm. that person Mm. to be able to actually do it successfully. So there are people who do really well with that. There are some people who I have worked with who they can just roll with that and they do something amazing. And there are other people who are like, what I, what do you actually want? I need way more information, et cetera. Um, so I think threes can, can really, um, improve by being a little bit more clear on, um, one, what they want, like in, in more clearly communicating expectations, but also just slowing the heck down, <laughs> just slow yeah. down um, <laughs> yeah. and, and be okay with like the pace of life. Like I think if threes could speed up how fast the world turns, they would. Mm-hmm. Um, and so recognizing that we don't have that power. So you can just like go minute by minute. Um, mm-hmm. You don't have to always move faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's nice to hear. And you're like, we all appreciate the energy of the three, but to be able to be a three, to be inside of that means some compassion for yourself. Some slowing down is okay. And even if others are like, I want you to shake it up. I want you to do more. I'm, I'm used to you doing more. It's loving yourself enough to know, like, it's okay if I stop, like that's, that's Mm -hmm. healthy. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Okay, cool. What about four? So fours, I think one of their strengths is, and actually I'll just speak um, to a particular strength I've seen in a four that I work with. So Heidi, she's been my assistant now. She's moving into a bigger role with, um, with me, but she's a four and 
I'm sure she'd be okay with me sharing that yeah. because she shared it on Instagram. Before. Well, I, I saw um, it on Instagram. Yeah. So yay. yeah. Yeah. So one thing that's really awesome about the way that she communicates is she's really good at understanding the nuances of the way that I communicate. So like people who are conversing with me on Instagram, for example, they might get a response from me or they might get one from her. But a lot of the time when I see responses that are actually from her and I, then I'm the next one responding, I'm like, that's exactly what I would have said. You know? So I feel like, like being able to understand the little nuances of how somebody else communicates and, and really understanding like brand voice, things like the, things like that um, Mm -hmm. is really helpful. And so I think Forrest can be really good at bringing like even organizational communication into alignment with Mm -hmm. the brand voice, with how things are supposed to be communicated. Mm, Wow. I think that's a great skill that fours might need to hear. Sometimes it's hard Mm -hmm. for a four to see their own gifts as they're doing them even. So to just validate you guys out there that you do have that gift, whatever you're working on, that you can get up and inside of everything um, at your company or where you're at, like that's a skill and a a tool you can hone that's yours. So I love that for others. Thank you for our fours. Yeah. So that's kind of um, that envy thing, right? Playing out where it's hard to see what they're doing well. Um, I think one of the stressors for fours is that um, in communication, it can be really hard to feel misunderstood so often. Um, And I think fours have a lot of resilience because they continue to push for understanding, um, but they sometimes have a very difficult time actually getting there, right? Like they have a very difficult time um, feeling like the person is really understanding and getting them. And so one of the ways that they could kind of move forward through that is just being able to expand their tolerance of feeling misunderstood and being able to kind of set aside the level of frustration they feel around that. Like, I think their resilience to continue to push for understanding is valuable. Mm -hmm. And also I think that there are times when feeling so misunderstood actually derails them. Mm -hmm. And so even sometimes coming back to the the thought of like, I understand myself though. Like I'm understanding what I'm trying to to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, and and letting that be enough and kind of being okay when with when other people don't really get it. Mm. Yeah, that's huge. And knowing I'm okay, even if I'm not perfectly known and understood and loved for every little tiny nuance. Like I'm still lovable yeah. even if it's me leading the way here. That's huge. And thank you for reminding us of how opening up in, in the last episode, you know, window of tolerance and then, you know, systematic desensitization. These concepts are important for a four so that they're not like, oh, it's scary. It's hard. People didn't know me last time. I'm not going to step in this time. It invites them. Yeah. It's okay. You know what? Keep going mm-hmm. because going back into that abyss is not going to get you farther along in relationships or work. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So let's talk about our head types. Yes. Um, so fives, I think one of their strengths is honestly the way that they communicate, especially at work. I think this is highly valued in a lot of ways where they're able to parse through, um, okay. Beginning, middle, end Mm -hmm. of this paragraph and, and communicate in paragraph form. I used to have a, um, a coworker slash friend who was a five and, 
he told me this thing one time that basically he like writes, he would write, he was in grad school at the time we were both um, in grad school. So we would always talk about that. And he would basically like write the paper in his mind. Mm. And then he would just take half an hour, an hour. It's like, go and just put it on paper. Oh, that's and so I was neat. like, what? I, it's, it blows my mind. I would not remember one sentence strung together a week later, but, um, I think that that five ability to, to really kind of in like mentally piece things together, I think that's super valuable and such a strength, um, and to be able to, to really communicate your thoughts in a way that's succinct Mm -hmm. and, you know, very clear. I think that's valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially, you know, I think a lot of tech companies really value the way that fives communicate. Mm, oh my God. Um, but then I think a stressor is just the pressure that a lot of fives feel to respond immediately because doing that thing that we we're just talking about, that's so great. It takes time. Mm. So um, I think fives feel a lot of pressure with that. And um, it can be really helpful for fives to be able to share at times like, Hey, can you come back to this with me tomorrow? Um, mm-hmm. or can I have until tomorrow to give you an answer on this? Um, instead of what normally happens, which is they don't raise their hand in the meeting. Nobody asks them what they think they move forward without all of the objective information that they need and everything falls apart. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the five could have helped this not to happen yes. or the five doesn't say anything at all. And so it's, you know, really nice that you're reminding fives step in. You don't have all the information. Nobody does. You have a lot more than most people. Your voice is important. Yeah. These are healing phrases for a five. Like you said, they're already so gifted. So sharing them with mm-hmm. the rest of us is going to be a win no matter what, even if the idea isn't implemented. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think sixes are very similar, right? Like mm-hmm. in the sense that, especially at work, I think sixes, you know, their strength is also that ability to be analytical. Um, I think the big difference with five and six is that sixes typically are a lot more willing to ask the question, to say the thing, to go out on a limb. Um, they, it's almost like, I want to stop myself from saying this, but I just can't. And then they ask the question, right. Um, or they push back or they play the devil's advocate. Um, I think that's a really valuable strength for sixes. Um, but they can, have like this tension with other people because people sometimes see that as competitive. So Mm. people think, Oh, why are you asking this? Like, why are you pushing back on this? Um, and so it can be really useful for sixes to be able to ask the questions. Um, it, it also sometimes might be useful again to communicate about like, Hey, like I really want this to go well. Mm. Um, and making that really clear too, and making it clear, like, I'm just trying to be realistic about this plan or this project. So it's not, I'm poking holes in it. It's I'm trying to be realistic about it and just look at it from a more objective point of view. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you can imagine, some of us who like to move a lot faster are like, well, why are you slowing me down? Yeah. (laughs) So it's so helpful to recognize that that is not what's actually happening. What's Mm -hmm. actually happening is that the six wants to support um, Mm -hmm. the team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you know the heart of a six, which I think is huge, like the three, um, I think that you really start to realize that 
And of course, I mean a healthy person, a person doing their work really I think that knowing the reactivity is coming from love is very disarming. So I'm glad when sixes can come around to even the delivery of that kind way of saying like, I can't help but saying this. I have to say it. But yet the, like you said, the context around it is one of care so that the person working with the six or being married to them is like, oh, thank goodness you reminded us of this because I forgot. Yeah. Or, your mind is just fantastic. Yeah. Well, and also I think sixes so often use humor to disarm the people that they're yeah. pushing back against. So yes, they do it <laughs> without, so witty. yeah. yeah. Yes, they're mm-hmm. so charming. Okay. So sevens, curious to hear what you think. Um, but <laughs> I think a strength of sevens is how quick-minded they really are. And like, how many thoughts and ideas they have constantly. Like they are, they really have that belief that anything is possible. And honestly, I do think that believing anything is possible is why anything is possible for sevens because they just think it is going to happen. And then it does. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's really valuable. And unfortunately what ends up happening is that people forget that sevens are very cerebral and that they are more analytical than they let on. And so people just kind of like brush them off as being naive or being um, too fluffy or flighty. And I think that's really unfortunate because if everyone could actually slow down a little bit and like listen to what the seven is actually saying. Um, and if the seven themselves could slow down and actually communicate more clearly what they think, um, there could be a lot of value in that. Um, because Mm. there is that analytical side, there is that, um, processing side, um, and the more, you know, cerebral knowing like a little bit about everything possible that side. Mm, I love that. That is A great reminder. Thank you for sharing that for the sevens out there to own that if they don't know that about themselves, because I think a lot of sevens also look at memes and stereotypes and don't really even appreciate the actual gift. And they might just say like, I'm fun. And that's nice, but it's nice to hear that you're like, they are part of the thinking triad and they do have joy, but also depth. And that just goes to show you that um, you do know seven. So thank you for clarifying that with us. Yeah. Well, and it's funny too, because, you know, sometimes I do see that play out in organizations, especially sevens as leaders, I think can be fantastic leaders. Again, like I've worked, you know, with seven leaders before, um, even like as an employee, um, and that entrepreneurial spirit can be so cool and inspiring. Um, but I think one of the challenges can be at times that sevens don't like hierarchy. So they try to flatten things out and in the process, they build a democracy in their organization, which that's just not, you can't move quickly like the seven wants to when you build it that way. So you have to be able to be more authoritative, which can be challenging. Yeah. And yet I also love the aspect of let's go. Like I'm a good Mm -hmm. leader. Like when a seven knows that they can hopefully do both where they can say, I know what I'm talking about. Let's build. And I think that's important for sevens to build respect within the team. And that's going to be some uncomfortableness that we don't like as sevens. So I've also had to walk through that too. So I like that you're challenging sevens, like you're worth it. Like make sure people know that you deserve respect too, because you are a good leader. Yeah, totally. You were so humble to say earlier, like 
It's it's about knowing where to land, how to land, how to be kind and not try to take over or underplay like we talked about with nines. So you've given us such a beautiful gamut in this double episode. I'm so thankful that you did this. I think this is my first double episode with another person that I've ever done. So thank you for that too. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. This is really fun. Yes, absolutely. Well, if you missed the first episode with Steph, please go back. She has such a wealth of information for communication that even though here I am at the table having worked with marriages for so long, I was reminded when she's talking about the speaker listener technique in that episode and how we can make sure to really include context. So listen to that one too. But most of all, tell us how we can connect with you. I know you have multiple levels. I Yeah. So a few different ways. So you can hang out with me on Instagram at nine types co my website, you know, I have blogs and things like that. Nine types.co. Um, I also have a course, which is called Enneagram in real life. It's to help you understand how to actually practically apply your Enneagram knowledge. So it's really for people. I mean, I've definitely had people who have, it's their first intro to the Enneagram, but I think like the sweet spot is for people who've read maybe a book or two and are wanting to go deeper and actually apply the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. So you can find that it's called Enneagram in real life or at Enneagramirl.com. My podcast is by the same name, Enneagram in real life. It's a theme. Um, And then also if you are interested in hearing more about how to work with me um, as, you know, as a consultant with your team, your organization, um, I really So I have a master's degree in organizational communication and leadership, and I fuse a lot of these sociological or communication theories in the way that I talk about the Enneagram in workshops and team trainings, et cetera. So you can find that on my website too, or you can just email me at hello at ninetypes.co. Oh my gosh, that's great. I love that you added in for organizations too. You have such a wealth of knowledge in this area, and you would be so happy to have her to your group to speak. And I'm sure you do a lot of this virtually too. Yep. Virtual in person. I do it all. Awesome. Thank you so much. So many wonderful hats you're wearing of relationships and author and creator, and you do such a beautiful job of it. So thank you for spending some of your valuable time with us. We are so grateful stuff. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you guys got to hear from Steph, and now you know, of course, where all of her info is in the show notes. I am so grateful that she walked us through each and every one of the nine types and how they can communicate through not only the holidays, not only through finances, but just in general, guys. She has so much wisdom to share with you. So go to her Instagram for even more. We also have a series going on with Truity and with uh, also our Instagram with how to love your people. So from all these different spaces, we really are giving you some very bullet pointed tips. I hope you take them, run with them, walk with them, pace with us. And we will see you for next time as we jump into a very important topic. We are going to be covering all about affairs and how to really reduce those in our society and how you can be part of that. So I will talk to you soon and make sure you check out the website if you want to get any holiday early goodies too. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as Enneagramandmarriage.com, the Instagram, 
the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.